0: This is Connor. And um, this is Paul. And, and welcome, welcome to, to Silver, Silver Screamers, Screamers your genre robbing decade thieving film podcast. Connor, now the best thing we have going for us is being who we are. Why? Because no one thinks we have the podcast to pull this off. <laughs> Well, you see, the thing is, and the last you just take something that just say, insert podcast. Well, <laughs> the last time when I said "fuck me next to your dead mom," Jeez. afterwards I was like, maybe I should have said "podcast next to your dead mom." Podcast me next to your dead mom. Maybe you should have said "fuck me next to your dead podcast," um, <laughs> which might have been like shooting ourselves in the foot. Yeah, flesh. no. <laughs> so I think yeah, inserting podcast is. Uh, I don't know. Look, episode seventeen. That's what you're getting. They're still, uh, still massaging these things out. Episode seventeen. Woo! And it's not really a special number, but okay. No, <laughs> it's not at all. But it just seems quite high, doesn't it? It seems like we're properly we're getting there. Oh, we're properly getting there. Get- I do feel, though, like I have seen podcasts, like RuPaul's podcast. Which is like, oh, for I goodness saw sake, that's going episode sideways. 222. I was like, mm, that'll take us a bit. That's going, years. and they release it weekly, too. And, uh, and also, they just turn up, talk, and then someone else does all the editing. <gasps> they have minions to do all their yes, editing They and have all minions that stuff. and producers. oh. We have to do our own editing. When I say we, I mean mm. Also, the first week of heist season. Ooh, the first catch episode me of your. If you our can. Run, mm, no, I wouldn't say that's a heist film. <laughs> okay. Be You're news. very literal, you know that sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> well, I like a theme. I like a rule. You know I like a rule. No, I wouldn't say that's well, correct. It's, it's not <laughs> a, well, no, it's not a heist. No, but catch me if you can. It's like, ooh, these thieves going around. Anyway. He's a con man. No, I think that's a different thing. That's like saying... uh ooh, we'll right, have a rules su- help control the farm. That's like saying Go on, we'll Monica. have a circus-themed party and then it up at a carnival. It's like, no, no. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> You're a, a pedant. I just like guidelines. <laughs> I just like things to be correct. I just like guidelines because then we can properly explore the theme properly. And it's not like there's a... It's not like there's... A scattering of heist films that we've loaded them to pick from. But before we kind of go into heist week, uh, heist month, heist season, whatever, and uh, today's film, I have some movie news that I learned. Ooh, do tell. Well, the first one... We're we're clutching at straws at this point. No, I've got two kind of exciting things. The first one is is kind of further news on something we discussed already, is Oscars 2021. Oh, yeah? There's a date. All right, January... No, it's usually February, February, and it's now going to be April. April twenty fifth. Twenty fifth. And what are they doing? Are they re- any movies that were released this year? Or are they going Anything to be since two thousand? It'll be. It's. It's going to be the best of. Uh, it has to be films released in twenty twenty. Oh yeah, I think they might so extend they, that a little bit. I think they might extend it to the end of January. Maybe. There was talk of them canceling the Oscars next year. I never heard that, but that's what you said. Yeah, I did hear that. All right, well, so they've moved it back preliminary to preliminary date. Okay, there good. won't be any red carpet, they've said. Um, those those poor stars, <laughs> yeah. I mean, essentially, it's a big ad for all the films, but I always like the films that get Oscar attention. I feel like there's so many big action films, which I enjoy too. But I like the Oscar films generally. I think it's always there's a good smattering of interesting films, and I think without the Oscars, there I feel those films would kind of get left behind a bit. I think sometimes there's a couple of clunkers, though. But there's always going to be a few, a few, well, to be fair it's just i think those films tend not to be to our taste but there's rarely a a, a car crash of a film and no no not a car crash but yeah yeah. but i there are there's films that get that we watch around oscar season that probably wouldn't reach our attention if they weren't nominated no i wouldn't have watched marriage story probably if no exactly yeah yeah yeah. the other bit of exciting news that i learned not one hour ago (gasps) Exclusive, Exc- kind of. Well, no, it's not exclusive. It was announced. <laughs> okay, <to> pedantic. <laughs> Jesus. definitely won't be exclusive by the time this is edited. in No, it's just something I heard. I'm trying to build up the hype here, Paul, for well, this wonderful piece of news. Go on. They have just announced they're making a film of Animorphs. Oh. <laughs> Tumbleweed. <laughs> Let me... Get on the That's edge of my chair That's a big deal for me. For you it is. So for those of you who don't know or don't remember, Animorphs was a, a very popular 90s book series. It was kind of... when goose. Remember Goosebumps? Of course. Yeah, well Goosebumps... I remember the popular... TV show and the new movies which are actually not that bad. Well they were books they were books by a a publisher called no No, they were books a huge hugely successful books by a publisher called Scholastic and they just or Elstein churned them out and I guess they when they wanted another series they commissioned Animorphs and uh, it was this amazing sci-fi series about these teenagers that turned into animals to fight this alien war but they're so epic like they have so many amazing stories and uh, of uh like really like like it's warfare like these kids are in the middle of a war and there's lots of at first it's very black and white and then you realise it's all shades of grey and it's incredible very inclusive <laughs> no just in terms of oh I mean, you know, I'm going to be pedantic good. you know what I mean Jesus yeah no that the aliens aren't also but maybe aren't the bad aliens that we've met so far aren't also bad and the good aliens maybe might have some Scalodies I because uh, 'cause have read all those books recently. You read all sixty of them or however many. I think it's incredible that is it Catherine Applegate? The yeah, author? and her husband Michael Grant. I think it was a a bit like Silver Scream as It was a uh, well, her a name is on the project. is in the big letters. On yeah, the books. Her, it's her. Um, that it's signed as her. I think it's incredible. She pummeled one of those out every uh, Turn them out. every month for five years or something. No, she did have ghostwriters in the second half of the series, but she's still... I'd say by the end, of it, she's like, oh, yeah, and then they do this, and oh, oh yeah. Whatever. Um, I haven't... F- no, you're saying I finished them. I, I I ordered... So I read up to about maybe book 20 as a kid, and then, you know me, Con, I like a project. I, I decided to buy them all on eBay about three years ago, and I've been slowly getting my way through them. And I'm on book... There's 50... Four in the main series and about ten uh, kind of uh, specials or something. And how long has it been going on for? Two years? Yeah, well, I'm on book 52 of 54. So how got, long does it take you to read one of them? I mean, you could churn one out in, I'd say it takes about five hours to read one book. but like, I wonder how long it took her to write it, because like for five hours of reading it probably took her God knows how long. Yeah, but... Probably f- a full-time job. Oh, it was. A f- oh, absolutely. Um, absolutely. But anyway, um, I'm really excited. I think... When's w- that going to be released? I They've literally just announced that they're working on it. And Michael Grant and Catherine Applegate have creative input, which is great. Because there was a TV show made that they they absolutely hate and they they said it was terrible. It's so high concept, it'll need to have a crazy high budget to really... I actually think... Of would, Guardians of the Galaxy sort of It thing. would need that high budget. And let's face it, it's not that... It hasn't got the property or the, you know, it doesn't have the license that will attract a huge audience um, on its own right. And even the stories themselves, it's like a guerrilla warfare. So it's not like it's a big epic world. I mean, even though the the story is about the world being taken over, it's very little little battles here and there rather than big epic... It's interesting how they're going to sh- squeeze 60 books into a film. I mean, I think it'll be it'll like be when they're making Spider-Man or Batman into a film, they're just going to get the concept and create a new storyline that they, they couldn't possibly... Oh, yeah. Well, they must just take, oh, there's the Andalites come down, and let's just go from there. Yeah, and Yeah. 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 Um, so that's exciting. So I'm excited. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it's got animals and science fiction in it. It was made for me. Made for me. <gasps> I just got it. Annie Morse. Yeah. And <laughs> um, I think it is a what better... What the name of that show? Was it in the 90s or the 80s where the guy used to turn into a panther? Manimal. Yeah, Manimal. That's also an. Echo. Before my time. <laughs> yeah, that was a That was a good show. I think he only turned into a panther. Maybe he could turn into other things as well. Was that the guy who had like ears of the wolf, strength of the bear? No, it was like live action. Oh, no, I don't know. That doesn't. I don't know at all. Ears of the wolf, strength of the bear. That does sound familiar. That, that was like a He-Man type cartoon with a superhero who could like call on animal powers. Yeah, anyway, uh. That's my new movie news. Do you have any movie news? Tragic pause. No. No. I well, don't think so. Before we dive into Widows. You're always good with the movie news, Matt, because you're on the Twitter. But I don't twat. Well, we listen to can you're listening to silver screamers silver screamers is our film podcast where we pick a theme uh, or genre and dissect four films in that theme from different decades and this week we are covering widows in our heist series our heist series so what tropes do you think we'll come across in in heist we we watched uh one heist film not including widows to kind of warm ourselves up we watched what was it called the town yeah we watched the town 2010 with ben affleck yeah we, we had to pick a film that we said well we won't be able to do this genre or sorry decade again so we picked yeah. that and that was very highly rated seven and a half in imdb ben affleck re- co-wrote and directed and starred in fair fucks to him. he's a more talented fellow than he gets credit ben affleck i think he gets lots of kudos no he's no he's not he's kind of laughed at in hollywood and is he why Ah, he's just kind of seen as this kind of bumbling idiot who keeps on having failed projects and stuff. That would be the narrative. Failed projects. He has good will hunting. He has... I mean, that's about 100 years ago. Uh, He was a decent Batman. I actually quite liked him as Batman. You said recently that you thought he was the best Batman. I like him as Batman, but those films flopped. Yeah, but I don't think that was his fault necessarily. No, but certainly it wasn't his big comeback that he was hoping. Um, He's left the project. Batman is not a success story for Ben Affleck no no it's not but um, it's not a it's a role that can go either way like it was I think the death of Al Kilmer Um, but Michael Keaton did fairly okay from it and uh, Christian Bale made a good run I mean Michael Keaton did well in it but I mean he didn't do anything then for another 20 years of any worth Mm -hmm. well he didn't (laughs) I'm not being bitchy he didn't go on name a decent Michael Keaton film between Batman and Birdman I'll think about i'll think it and come back to you (laughs) george clooney juice that was before batman Fuck. george clooney probably got away with murder oh god his career should have just but i think that that. but i feel kind of george clooney didn't even try so therefore it was like he was like "Eh, it was very funny on graham norton talking about it actually Uh, what what did he say uh he was about he apologized for it and he was saying the the suit was so heavy and you just kind of like you'd be lying there and then they'd say action and you just have to hold yourself up and go hi Batman and then they'd say cut and it's just like oh. you can get a real well when you watch Ben Affleck and when you watch the nipples well that was that's Joe Schumacher's fault when with Michael Keaton and with Pretty much everyone who played Batman, you got this real sense that this was their them being a little boy. Like since they were a little boy, they're like, "Yeah, I've always wanted to be Batman," and they're finally getting to do it. George Clooney was collecting a paycheck. It was very yeah, obvious. Yeah, was, he, he was. He didn't give a shit about Batman. Franchise. Yeah, um, uh, it's kind of like uh, actors that play James Bond. They're probably like, "I always wanted to be James Bond." Yeah, but every, I think everyone who's done James Bond has kind of risen to the role. Uh, there hasn't been a, a car crash. Hasn't been. I actually don't mind George. He took a different take, but he wasn't embarrassing. He wasn't George. Anyway, George. Speaking of George Clooney, he was in Ocean's Eleven, which is a heist film, and we're in Heist Month. <laughs> way to claw it back there! Yeah, home. way to claw it back. Heist films, like so, it's it's a genre of film. You were kind of a little bit when I said heist. You were like, oh god, I'm going to have to really think about that. And oh, there are a lot of them in. Fairness. Well, my mother said this. My mother didn't even know what a heist was. So let's take this time to maybe kind of cover what What would you describe what would you describe as a heist film it involves heists okay so there's a guy or a group of people who have gotten into difficulty perhaps and they need to go and steal a lot of money from a very secure place and come up with ingenious ways to do it mm. and then they're running from the law and generally there's some sort of love interest and they find out and they're like, oh no, I can't believe you did that. And then they're like, oh, what, what can I say? But it turns out that they're a nice person and it all kind of works out. Yeah, it's, it's a genre full of, look at, gentleman thieves. Do you know that archetype? Gentleman thieves like the the suave guy who's kind of cheeky and he he robs banks but he you know he's a lovable rogue and he he never kills someone you know like you have to have a likeable character in the role yeah do you know like the gamb- unless you're on the other side but then it's not really a heist movie it's like a cop movie do you know like Gambit from the X-Men he'd be like a gentleman thief oh shit he'll steal something from you but he'll give you a like your wink. heart <laughs> uh, well that's kind of it like he like George, uh, George Clooney in Ocean's Eleven is the epitome of a gentleman thief Tom, the Thomas you know, Crown say. well I wouldn't say Black Ben Pips. Affleck was a gentleman thief in the town he didn't have that kind of cheeky chappy he was he was a common gentleman thief he was Man. he had grown up in a harsh environment but he was an ultimately he was a nice, a guy. nice guy but I don't think he he was a, he did like blow a couple of people no over. but I don't think he qualifies as a gentleman thief I think the gentleman thief has to be a bit more has has, has to have a bit more of a glint in their eye he, and uh, he was a bit more he was a bit more grand theft auto. I don't know about that. I think he because he aspired to be more. He aspired to get out of the situation he was in. Yeah, but the gentleman thief doesn't aspire to be more. The gentleman thief no, revels in this. Yeah, no, it, he wasn't. He wasn't uh, a suave kind of smooth criminal, but he was a gentleman. In so far, he was he was a better person than. His life had led to, yeah. And I don't think that's the gentleman thief. I think the gentleman thief. Ah, I, I think the gentleman thief is the the criminal who loves it and almost does it for the thrill of it rather than the monetary gain. He does it kind of right, like, kind okay. of like, like Catwoman is kind of a, a female version of the gentleman thief. Gentle lady thief. She they're kind of in it for the, ro- the roller coaster ride rather than the... The monetary gain is, is like a bonus. It's not like they want to get out of the lifestyle. It's like, this is the lifestyle. So kind of in the third act, th- there's often a love interest. It's more about the challenge. Yeah, and the love interest is like, oh, we could be so happy if you don't only settle down. And then he or she is like, well, that's not me you're really loving. That's the idea of me. And then they'll, they'll go away. But then the next morning she'll wake up and there'll be a diamond on her... Dresser. Note to self: Wake, buy diamond something for Paul and leave it on the bed. And then, yeah, like if you say buy diamonds, you haven't been listening <laughs> properly. Uh, anyway, that's a trope. Another thing would be yeah, kind of there's a, the you, they 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 set up the plans like when there's always blueprints involved. There's a there's a floor plan or a. <laughs> A montage, yes, or something, yes, know. and there's a scene where there, there's the, yeah, there's a, there's a montage where there's like music playing and, like and they're scratching their heads and they're like, how are we going to do this? And, the, and, yeah, and in the montage, they will have a little brief problem, but then they'll go up to someone and put an accent on and be, or, or like, or the girl will be like, oh, I, uh, can you tell me where this is? And I then, just drop my pen, let me, bend yeah, over here and oh. then they'll get it and then they'll walk out with the keys in their hand, like, hmm, that was easy. Yeah, these are all little tropes that are, and they're all satisfying. Um, and then you don't want the pice to go exactly according to plan because that's no fun. There's no. no danger. There has to be a slight Act 3 twist. There has to be a risk. There has to be an Act 3 twist. <gasps> Shit. It's all gonna ride. It's all gonna rise, and then and then occasionally you'll find out ah they had an ace in their sleeve that they didn't reveal to us. And they meant it to all go, go awry, so they yeah. could Do this thing over yeah. here, mm. and you do often find that the stakes are kind of unusual, like because you, at the end of the day, we if it's just some asshole rubbing a bank, shoving a gun in some poor teller's face, we're not going to be on their side. So. It's usually the person they're robbing is like a is like a dirty politician or a dirty businessman. Speaking of the term so Jeremy Renner was that guy. Jeremy Renner was the guy that you didn't really sympathize with, that you didn't really he was like. Freaking psycho! He's a psychopath. Nominated for an Oscar for Nominated that part. Nominated for an Oscar. Crazy. Are you having a giraffe? A Weak. year. Sorry, Jeremy. <laughs> <laughs> we love you, Jeremy Hawkeye. Amazing. Um, Not that role. It's all right. Hawkeye, Wasn't amazing? amazing. That's generous wasn't it Jesus Christ Made to kick the man when he's down he's not down he got nominated for an Oscar oh <laughs> <laughs> well, when we're being down on him oh that sounded weird I, I heard something about him though you know he was originally cast as Mad Max in Mad Max Fury Road oh, right, okay. that would have been, been a different Hardy. film yeah um, yeah anyway Although Mad Max isn't the star of that movie no it's not no but I do think uh, oh mine's gone blank Release Sarah? No. Uh, who plays Mad Max? Tom Hardy. Tom Hardy. I do think Tom Hardy is really good in the role, but yeah, clearly supporting. Anyway, um, they would be all the tropes of a heist film. But obviously every heist film might just like slashers, like the tropes, the virgin lives. But then you got lots of slashes where the virgins survives survive the virgin dies or the someone has sex does life so all these films they don't have to stick to all their tropes they can kind of dance around them and I think today's film picks some of the tropes but not all of them ooh let's explore them let's explore them after your two minutes and 40 seconds summary yeah and if I thank god it's you because I really think I would yeah this is going to be tricky will you set up the timer for me there that we've covered it's actually the most recent film we've covered 2018 and it's the oh, the pl- yes because we're doing it now and <laughs> um, no you know uh, the, and the newest yes. I know what you meant <laughs> well just in case the listener isn't it's the most recent one and this is the only film that we've seen in the cinema together that we've covered I tried to this was one of those films that I had seen a trailer for or I had heard a review of and you were like I am seeing that maybe. yeah and I was like Connor we're going to see Widows and you were like okay i don't think i was as enthusiastic uh before or after before but we went and it was really good yeah okay so i'm gonna do my summary count me and con three two one summarize okay so we got this girl veronica and she's Viola Davis, and she's married to Liam Neeson, and they're having a sexy kiss in bed. And then we meet, we see a few other couples, and they're all various degrees of happiness. And then we see Liam Neeson and a gang of guys stealing some money. And then, oh no, there's a bomb, and they all die. Charlatans. Yeah, and we discover that uh, Viola Davis is uh, his widow, along with um, a girl called Alice and a girl Linda. Called Linda, and um, and then this guy called Jamal uh, is uh, a gangster, and he is uh, running for mayor, congressman, Congress- congressman, some, some, some sort of political thing against Colin Farrell, alderman, Alder, yeah, uh, alderman, and against Mullin, Colin Farrell doesn't matter, and they're running against each other, and uh, uh, and then Jamal goes to Veronica's house apartment, and he's like, oh yeah, your your ex husband, your sorry, your widowed husband, uh, Liam Neeson, he stole two million in from me and you've inherited the debt and you got a month and she's like oh, i don't know and he's like no you have to pay so she's like oh no so she her Liam Neeson's driver gives her a book and there's kind of the plans for a job. So she then contacts the three widows of the other guys in his gang. Uh, one of them being Alice, one of them being Linda, and one being a girl with a baby who never shows up. We'll come to her later. And they all meet up and they're like, okay. So Alice is a, she, she was kind of the trophy girlfriend of her partner. And she decides she's down on her luck now so she kind of beca- so decides to become like a high-end escort i guess and uh, your darling mother thanks to her sweetheart mother, the and then linda uh, she uh, she oh god i've only a minute left she uh, has a dress shop uh, she, she has a dress shop and uh she, so they all need the money so uh, they get a car they get that some they get some guns um, and then he discovered that Liam Neeson isn't dead and that he actually has run off with the, the fourth widow and maybe that that baby seems to be his now and uh, so but anyway it's fine they, they, they find the house I'm doing pretty well they find the house uh, the plans and then they steal the money and then uh, Alice is shot uh, and then they uh, and then oh there's been a guy played by Daniel Kalu who's been stabbing a guy in a wheelchair and he's real bad and he uh, why is this not working uh, he he uh, he chased them he steals their money but then they crash his car off the road and they get back and then Liam Leeson turns out he's still alive oh we knew that already and then he's like you have to give me the money Veronica and she's like no and they have a shootout, and you find that they had a son that died by a policeman that's why he left her and then uh, he's about to shoot her and then she shoots him she shoots him Hello, and then she goes to a cafe and says oh hi Alice yeah, not bad. Oh, <laughs> a bit <laughs> rougher around the edges. <laughs> yeah, you got the main. I think there. I did. Yeah, you did. The thing about this film, and this might kind of tie in, this might tie into my kind of overall feelings of the film. Is there's a lot in the script that is kind of accessories and and, and could have been edited out, and we wouldn't have lost much. Well, I've heard that the movie in its original form was three hours long. And they edited it down to, like, two half hours or something. I think you could have probably edited... Well, no, two hours. I think. I think you could have edited another 20 minutes off this and not... Even though the scenes are enjoyable. Really? Yeah. I don't think so. I think, well, well... I think the scenes all had purpose. Really? Okay. Well, maybe, that, well, maybe we'll explore that as we go on. Yeah. Let's all them. give some brief attention to some of the side characters. Okay. So let's talk about... Daniel Kaluuya. Daniel Kaluuya is freaking scary in he's this film. He's scary AF in this. He, is so, he has this... So Daniel Kaluuya plays... Uh, Jatam. Uh, Jamal Manning's brother. He's kind of the brother of the guy running for congressman. Yeah, so but he's he, his so muscle... Well, I think they're both gangsters. Oh, yeah. They, they, they have been both gangsters. And Jamal has figured out that the Mulligans, played by Colin Farrell and Robert Duvall, um, have managed to essentially be gangsters, except respected gangsters White in color. Color. yeah. And gangsters. he says, I don't want guns pointed at me. I want cameras and fame and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, So you can't blame him. <laughs> yeah. And Daniel Kaluuya is his brother and is not interested in getting out of the life, I suppose. No, I mean, to be fair, it's not... Yeah, Jamal says he wants to get out of the life. Really, he wants an upgrade. Well, yeah, I suppose... Well, I don't... Yeah, I don't know if he'd be making as much money, but you um, just... I think he just... Oh, I think corrupt politicians. Well, I, I mean, mean he they he had five million in their house. <laughs> he realises he doesn't want to be... Yeah, you know, shot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's I mean, he'd have protection and stuff, and um, but but uh, I I suppose we we when you talk about Daniel Clue you would have to talk about James Vincent Smeredith as well, who plays Jamal, because they're kind of like they're kind of a package Packaged, deal. Yeah. But Daniel Clue, he play I, he kind of plays the enforcer. Like he, there's the two young lads at the start who are rapping, and why are uh, they in a freezer in a sports hall? I they're hiding. Was out. Confused, right? I got the impression that they were kind of... I think they do explain it, but I just can't... Yeah, I can't... It too, I don't think it really... It doesn't. I, that scene is there to show us what a badass yeah. Dan and Clue is. I think I, th- I kind of assumed that they had done something to piss off the gangsters and the gangsters were like, you, we're going to lock you in there. We'll... No, I think they put themselves in there. They were hiding out. Or they were just kind of practicing their raps there. Oh, yeah. And they just got... Like, so they were like two young artists and... Well, they had been employed by the by the Mannings, and had failed them, I think. And yeah, and then they got that scene. But that and scene, so, so Daniel Kalua tells him, you know, okay, let's hear your rapping if you're such a good rapper. And he's just staring he at just him and like following his eyes. So And, sc- so and your scary. man is doing good. He is doing uh, a good uh, rap. He, no, I, well, well, apart <laughs> from that, I just mean he not He isn't really letting uh uh j- tame. 10. he's not really letting jatame put him off his rapping he does at the start but he picks it back up yeah he and does yeah and he just shoots in the and face. then just bang and in the, the head runs away and he it's says, so run. cold like he is a psychopath in this film he then goes along to so i suppose his main thing is getting this two million dollars back and he's kind of been put on the case um yeah, he's he's stalking Veronica for and pretty much the yeah, entire film. He's stalking Veronica and her girls, and he goes to this associate of Liam Neeson, uh, or someone who used to be an associate of Liam Neeson, who had his legs broken or smashed, who's in a wheelchair, uh, for information, and he knocks him over, so he and start and stabs him, and as he's talking to him, the camera's focused on the guy from the wheelchair's face. You just hear this kind of cutting noise. Oh, it's horrible! And you realize that Daniel Kaluuya is stabbing his legs, which he can't feel, and saying, "Oh, look at that! She can't feel anything." And he's stabbing, he's stabbing his legs multiple times. It's it's almost, and then he stabs his shoulder, and he kind of—it's almost like, "Oh, where's the point where you start to feel pain?" Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah he's oh, he's sadistic. Uh, Daniel Kaluuya is such an exciting actor. Oh, he's fabulous. He's yeah. he's kind of one of those actors who I've. I became aware of him very early on in the career because he was in Black Mirror. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he, he was the star of one of the episodes. And that episode, I don't particularly like that episode. That's the one where they're underground and he has to keep running on a track. Yeah, or it's, it's a bit, yeah. it's, it's silly. But, well, uh, some people love it. I just don't think, but I, I do think, I did think he was quite, I remembered him. He was very good in it. And then he was obviously in Get Out, which he got nominated for the Oscar for. And I love him in, in Get Out. You were kind of on the fence with Get Out. Uh, yeah I enjoyed it it wasn't my favourite movie of all time but yeah and he has like, when it, there's the part when he's getting hypnotised and he's like his face is like frozen but he's crying there's some there's yeah. some great face acting in there uh, and then he's in Black Panther as peace, well peace, peace. Um, he's just got a great he's, he's so handsome who does he play in Black Panther? he plays um, one of the generals in um, T'Challa's army he plays do you know one of the kind of main soldier ladies, the kind of the, the Grace Jones, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, her I think it's her husband, and then Mm-kay. they end up being on separate different. S- he has uh, the rhinos and Black Panther that are kind of all armored up. He kind of they're his, yeah, yeah, yeah. So he's got a decent role in Black Panther. Yeah, I'd like to say like like maybe six or seven billing. Okay. Yeah, and I I feel like he is nurturing an Oscar. Well he's already been nominated. I think it's only and yeah, um, I think this role could have could have potentially got him a supporting role. Um well, Jeremy Renner got one for ab- absolutely nudely. This film got a lot of Oscar buzz but then it didn't get any Oscar nominations at all. It got a few BAFTA nominations. Um What did you think of his death? Um Anticlimactic. Yeah. And normally in these movies you expect the big muscle bad guy to have some big fight or something and have a more thrilling or impactful death. But really in this it was just he was just a car crash, there you go, bang. I thought it was poor. Yeah, I mean I don't I don't know I have kind of thoughts on the heist as a whole and that kinda of ties might tie into it. So I'll just say anticlimactic for now. <sighs> stay tuned <laughs> Connor <Ooh>. just yawned <laughs> <I can't wait. laughs> no I'll say uh, the, the, Jamal as well I think Jamal's great and I think the, the scene where he intimidates Veronica in her apartment is quite chilling he's a, he's not he's not quite to the same level of kind of I'm a freaking psychopath I'm going to enjoy killing you that uh, Je Tame is but he has you he have has to p- keep looking it I, I, I do that name <laughs> doesn't come to me naturally it's actually. like French Je t'aime. So I think he's very good too Jamal he's very good and one of the best things actors do when they're because it's it's very easy to be like oh I'm, I'm a bad guy but the best actors know how to underplay their psychopathy yeah, I know what you mean. You know, so he was he was very calm, very relaxed. Very calm. Didn't raise his voice. He didn't even do a whole lot. No, just... But, just but for he forced you. his way into the apartment. But after that, he didn't read you anything. And he kind of threatened the dog. But... Um, uh, yeah, but he, his his calmness became his strength. Um, yeah, no, great. Yeah, really, really good. And when he's talking opposite Colin Farrell at the start, he actually seems like the nice guy trying to make a difference in his community and you kind of think Colin Farrell is the, the bad asshole, guy, the bad guy and then well it turns out they're all kind of shitty. They're all assholes which is another trope with the heist film. We need everyone getting robbed and fucked over. We it. need to hate them yeah. and this film succeeds at that. <laughs> so taking it, well maybe we'll, we'll talk at the other side of the coin then with Colin Farrell and Robert Duvall mm-hmm. who play the established the politicians that Jamal is trying to take away because they're assholes in a kind of a whole different way and there's some good acting going on between when Robert DeValle's old school politics and Colin Farrell's that that's a that's an actory scene yeah yeah second he drops an n-bomb you're kind of like oh he's an asshole <laughs> <laughs> yeah uh, I like Colin Farrell a lot uh, and I, I, I think really he like gets Colin a bad yeah, I really, used to not like him I think and I think that was my own Irish. Oh, he's getting very big well. Respects. I was just about to say, Irish people hate other successful people getting above their station. Irish people. We have this whole thing about notions, um, like oh, you've gotten. A, what's your man's name? Who's in bright? I can never think of that actor's name. Like, like Saoirse Ronan has never done anything. Saoirse Ronan is a. I don't think she's the best actress in the world. I think she's a very good actress. And how great we we have no successful actor. We have so many actors that have made it big for years. Our most successful actress was Brenda Fricker okay Trump, finally yeah. we have an actress you know if you think about like Liam Neeson we'll talk about him later it was Colin Farrell, was Michael Fassbender, Cillian Murphy, uh, Brendan Gleeson we have so many of them. Pierce Brosnan we have so many two. Th- we've dozens and dozens of successful actors and we have no successful actresses uh, I think Maureen O'Hara yeah. <laughs> and Brenda Fricker and now we have Saoirse Ronan and people love to on her. They love to ra- I don't think I, I think you were about to say they hate her. I don't think they hate her. I think they love to rag on her and the slagger accent, which everyone thinks is fake and bleeding round of the anyways. <laughs> they say she's disingenuous. Yeah. I think she's very Do you know what it is? She's, she's she's a lot wiser and more mature than her years would lend themselves to and I think people might get a bit irked at that and she's also been very successful from a very young age <laughs> I, I can see the Philip making fun of her she's but so confident you can make fun of someone I'm all for making fun of Saoirse Ronan but people hate her they like well, there's no point hating anybody, really, is there? Well, I agree. But people, like, literally... And they, and they also discredit her talent, which is... Oh, well, that's rubbish. 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 She's, she's, uh, a, she's excellent. And she's also a, a star. Like, she's not just an actor. She's kind of bypassed that. She's much more successful than Carl, Colin Farrell. But going back to Colin Farrell, uh, I, li- I think Colin Farrell is best when he plays oily characters. I, he looks kind of oily, Well, I, I mean, I think he's a very beautiful man. But when he plays the leading role, like... Um, Alexander, and uh, even though I do like Phone Booth, I do think he's good in that. Phone Booth is very good. Yeah, he is good in that, actually. Um, Total Recall, the remake. I just don't think he quite... There's a kind of a certain quality that actors... It's kind of an X factor, really, that some actors need to have to to pull off a leading role. And I don't think... It's nothing to do with acting ability, because I think Tom Cruise isn't like the best actor in the world, but he can definitely front a film, but... And I think something about Colin Farrell, it does, he doesn't quite work as the leading role, but when you put him one step to the side, like in this, and I, I think he was probably the best thing in Fantastic Beasts. He was such a good villain in that. I think he was. Yeah, I think you're right. I, think I was, he was so disappointed when he turned into Johnny Depp at the end. I know. I'm mean, like, what was even the point of that? <laughs> yeah. Why don't you just keep calling him yeah. Farrell? Ha! And I also loved him, even though it's not a good film. I thought he was a great bad guy in Daredevil. I suppose I. Yeah, I think the role was kind of shit. But um, oh, I think he he pulled off he as a it. scumbag. Yeah, yeah, yeah he, he milked it. Um, um And he can play a scumbag like that, or like an intermission, a real. And he can also play a, a kind of a, an elite scumbag like, Hulligan's. like the yeah, interesting mm. tie. One of Liam Neeson's fellow crooks. he's only in it for about five minutes at the start. Uh, played the Punisher. Oh, that's right. Yeah, he's very handsome. Yeah, domestic abuser. woo uh, Also, Robert Niro. I mean, you get Robert Niro for film. You can relax. Some of their scenes are excellent, particularly where Colin Farrell... So Colin Farrell, in fairness to him, he's an asshole. He's a prick. He's lived this... You know, he's not been perfectly... He's not been very nice. He's also aware that Liam Neeson is still alive and is kind of working with him. But he wants to get out of the life it's funny because manning wants to get out of his life into colin farrell's life and colin farrell just wants to get out of that yeah he's just sick of it i mean he's sick of the politics he's sick of the lying he's sick of the bullshit he's sick of the reporters inquiring about various things you know and they kind of imply that he wants to actually make a difference because robert devout is like you're not gonna make a difference Yeah. Yeah. So he said he's like, I don't want to be like you, dad. So at the same time, he's still robbing a lot of money. Yeah, but it it is. He is slippery because it's hard to cling on to his motivations because it's like he's greedy and he is villainous, but he hates his father. Therefore, he doesn't want to be like his father, who is clearly slippery and villainous. So he's kind of he's kind of a he's he's kind of a contradiction of sorts because he pro- he, he hates think, that. he doesn't really want to be himself. I think but. he hates who he's become because of his father. Yeah. While also not being able to be somebody that he's not. Yeah. Look at us, a collagenizing. What? <laughs> <laughs> what? It's a of Oh yeah, yeah. We're, to- we're totally totally <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> <laughs> The scene with. Duval and Colin Farrell when Colin Farrell tells him I don't want to be like you and I hope you die essentially. <laughs> it's so well acted. Yeah. And apparently a lot of those scenes with Robert Duval and Colin Farrell were improvised. How intimidating for Colin Farrell. Well to be fair at this stage bit, Colin done with and everything. Yeah to be fair Colin Farrell has acted with the greats at this stage. He's, he's, not, he's not, not intimidated. Not I, but, come on acting across Robert Duvall like in a big heavy scene. To be fair it it's not like a battle like you're feeding each other uh, i imagine you're you've more experience in acting when you're (laughs) acting well well we well as an actor (laughs) prepares well if your partner is really good um is that does that lift you or does that suppress you i mean a good actor should lift you i mean uh, a lot of acting is around listening to your partner and then you know reacting in the moment in a certain in a in a similar way to how you would or your character would in normal life so if you get someone who's like hamming it up being shite you're not going to be able to react to that very you know realistically if you have somebody who is showing real passion and emotion and embodying their character then it obviously beats you i would imagine yeah do you think the Healy raid? I at me. Oh. I should go back and acting. him. You should. Well, <laughs> be the next Colin Farrell. Yeah, Powell. let's say that now, yeah. Well, of course, of course, you said Colin Farrell's a very beautiful man, and uh, I know what you think of me, so that must mean that I could be as successful as Colin Farrell. That, that's true. You, <laughs> you got there. I have said this to you before that I think. That you would have made a really good young Henry VIII in the Tudors, because the sexy one, not the like old Henry VIII. No, when they when they made like a young, he's big and fat. When they made a like sexy Henry for the Tudors with Jonathan reese myers they hired this like dark man, uh, you know, dark very hair and dark eyes, thing, and very yeah. handsome. But they should have hired a very handsome man with ginger hair and a beard which is you which is me because that's Henry VIII was saying again gingers have no souls well <laughs> G- well, Henry VIII well I mean I don't know does Henry have a soul Henry VIII was famously very handsome and athletic when he was younger but also you can be those things and be ginger anyway thanks Holm uh, I kind of want to kind of fly through the characters because I've loads to say about the plot of this film okay um, so let's uh, let's kind of get to we talk about the widows Well, let's talk about, uh, we're still on periphery, so let's talk about Liam Neeson. Limo. Small role. I mean... Small role for Liam. Is Liam Neeson a good actor? (laughs) Discussed. I thought he was brilliant in Michael Collins. I thought he was very good in Taken. Uh, I thought he was excellent in Schindler's List, and your mom thinks he was robbed for the Oscar. Yes. Uh, So yes, I think he is a good actor. My mother adores Liam Neeson. And... She always used to think he was so handsome. And I, when I was like a kid, no, like when I was like a teenager, when I, you know, when I would appreciate it, handsome men, I was always I like, What are you talking about? Liam Neeson. And now, and now I agree. Like <laughs> <laughs> and he hasn't, he has aged very well. He has aged and very he's well. He's in his 60s and he's, his shirt off in this film, looking mm. all nice. He has had this incredible. Later p- part of his career. He only started when he was forty or something. Oh good. no 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 he's in a l- no he's in a rom with Dan Keaton when he's in his twenties. Oh dying. definitely that's not true. You're thinking of uh, uh, Brendan Gleeson. Yeah. Oh yeah. He was older. Um. So there is hope for me. There is hope for you. Liam Neeson, yeah, my mother adores Liam Neeson, she thinks he's the best, and when he was nominated for Schindler's List, Schindler's List won practically every Oscar was nominated for that year, except for Liam, do you know who won William. it that year? Oh no. My, my mother has resented him ever since. <laughs> uh, oh, I can't remember now, tell me. Uh, it was Tom Hanks, Or Scump. No, Philadelphia. Oh, Philadelphia, I think yeah, yeah. Forrest Gump was the next year. Now, controversial, I think they picked the right actor. <laughs> I think you did it right, yeah, I think. I think. I think they were both brilliant. And, you know, yeah. it was toss, toss of a coin. Yeah, the only thing is, because Tom Hanks won the next year, you're kind of like, oh, wouldn't it wouldn't have been nice for Liam to get it that year. Two in a row, but no Tom. Yeah, but... Liam Neeson isn't really an Oscar-nominated actor. He's not the type of actor who gets those kind of roles. Particularly in his latter... I think he could have been nominated for Michael Collins. But in his latter years, he's gone much more into action. And they're not the roles that will get you an Oscar. No, no. Yeah, he got cast and Taken in... Oh, gosh what 30, 12, 2012, 2012 or so 12. well i'd say well into his 50s at that stage oh, yeah. well into his 50s that film was meant to be directed video oh, wow. and they were like i don't know i don't know what happened but they were like no we'll put it in the cinema it became this epic huge hit and it just Eplicous. gave him this fantastic rena- renaissance where he became an action hero he was in the gray taken got became a trilogy he was in a couple yeah. he was in that film on the plane where there's like a oh there's a there's a terrorist on the plane oh yeah what was that called I don't know Flight, no detail, like they were all it? to be fair none of these films are you they're know not like your, classics they're not know, classics but, they're, but, but they're they were they were good kind of B-list action oh, films that's a bit harsh no insofar as if you got your Marvel and your DC and your, your big franchise movies these are the action films that are one rung below that on the ladder hmm you know they're kind of the the quite at the level of sort of mission impossible but um yeah but Liam Neeson doesn't give a shit he's raking it in now taken I think he could have maybe maybe this was it the second or third one was maybe a mistake I've only seen the first one well, that's which pretty, is great but yeah. I, I've heard the others are crap but whatever and he was saying like all these other male actors of his age group like Arnold Schwarzenegger and Sylvester Stallone his age are looking at him being like hey what's the story Liam you're taking all of our senior roles and he's like I can't do a northern accent but he's like sorry get it together lads (laughs) (laughs) the thing is he's he's extremely handsome still he's still sexy so anyway back to his part in the movie well that was my transition right because this film opens with a kiss between him and viola davis yeah. and it is such a hot kiss do you think well i don't think you saw this the second time do you remember from the first oh, time i went to the loo or something and i came back and you were like i was gonna i'm gonna bring something up and you missed it it is such a, it's a it's from the it's the ceiling and they're in bed and it is like a hot open mouth Kissed. I think all the way through the movie these flashbacks that they have it's very evident that they were very much into each other oh they and so they yeah. had great chemistry great chemistry they I, I and she, and Viola we haven't mentioned Viola much because she's gonna get a lot later um I feel like Viola kind of fansed Liam like she talked a lot in the interviews about how fun it was kissing Liam Neeson and obviously those scenes had a she was told okay that's gonna be the day you kiss and she was like counting down the days (laughs) to when she got to make out with Liam Neeson but maybe he was counting down the days I'm sure he was because that chemistry was going both ways and she we'll talk about it but she looked good in this film she looked so good in this film I don't feel this role was that demanding of him. He just had to look like sexy and suave. Side note: How beautiful is their son? Oh some? my god! My They're best. Looking. I mean, obviously Viola Davis and Liam Neeson are going to have a beautiful, yeah, yeah, child. Yeah. But so handsome. was uh, very sad, was not it? And so topical, not oh oh, topical, my but very relevant today. So, so I mean, we'll, yeah, I think that's something to park. I mean. Mm. I, Lee Neeson's kind of a, a sturdy actor. You, you hire Lee Neeson, you know what you're getting. I don't know if you're going to get the most range in the world, but he's very good at being very droll and very suave. And he was suave. Yeah. Yeah, I never Let's talk about that. the widows. I'm excited. Okay. Michelle Rodriguez. Right. And she a good actor. Very good actress, is she? Yeah, okay. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Elizabeth, uh, she was in something else with what was she in? She was in, I only know her from Resident Evil films. She was in Resident um, Evil, she was in like, um, was she in a Tarantino film? She was, was she in 12 Years a Slave? I, yeah, I don't know, maybe not. She was in something else with one of the other acts, I can't remember but I think she's a good actress. No, no, no. She's perfect. I kind of feel... Of the you think three, she's the weakest of this? Around? Of the three. Now, that, that, I think Alice and Veronica are given loads to do in this film. And Michelle Rodriguez's character, uh, Linda, she, she's given the least to do and her task essentially is to find out where this building is this is going to yeah. come into my whole thing about the the plot and you see her kind of you, you kind of see her being nice and um what's the word uh she's got her wits about it when she goes to the architecture company and she steals the cards and stuff and then she traces this guy down and then there's there's this scene where she, she yeah, it was a very weird scene she tries to find she she she, she kind of she's kind of going undercover and then he's, uh, she approaches this guy and she's like, oh, um, blah, 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 your, your, wife. your wife. And then he's like, my wife died or... four months ago. And then she then says, I'm a widow for two months. And then she gets upset and he comforts her and crying. they make out. Yeah. And I feel like I'm missing something. I feel like that is meant to be... I think they wanted to show... Because there's not a whole lot of vulnerability from, them, from the ladies about how they lost their husbands, even though their husbands were shitheads. That's still, you know... Well, I think they are... I think the point of the kiss was that they are both in mourning, and they both realise they're both in mourning for the same reason, and they're both comforting each other, and... This it, is weird. Yeah. And then she very quickly realises that she's she's there to try and manipulate and to steal and all that kind of stuff, and uh, excuses herself and leaves. yeah. It is, I kind a, it, of, is, it is a bit of an odd I, I just felt it was... Un- I kind of felt they did the character dirty because she doesn't achieve anything, apart from the robbery at the end, where they're all there. She doesn't achieve anything. Um, and I guess she recruits she also, she the driver. She also recruits the driver. Yeah. yeah, that's fair. But I kind of feel they did the character Linda dirty. Like they, So Veronica assigns tasks to them. They sign her with finding the where the this blueprint is from and they uh she assigns alice But she fails at that task yeah so she assigns alice with the guns the cars and alice succeeds with the guns without any help it's a great scene fantastic alice is a freaking star lover can't wait to see her and everything she's elizabeth Dubinic or something elizabeth uh to beach, beach, beach. anyway we'll talk about her later uh, she she succeeds in the guns with no issue Uh, she pretty much succeeds in getting the car but she needs Veronica to help her at the end but she does the task on her own and then she then does she's able to finish Linda's one task and I just kind of thought oh okay yeah yeah I know what you mean she's not as uh, she's not she's much more passive role really yeah I just want and then she recruits the driver and she helps steal the money so you know I just kind of and to be honest um she recruits Bell, who is played by Cynthia uh, Erivo. What else is she in? Because I've seen her before. She was nominated for an Oscar this year. She mm-hmm. was nominated for Harriet. We didn't see it. Oh, right. It was the film about um, uh, a slave who escapes and then goes back to like she's freed as a slave and then goes back to save her. Yeah, um, I don't know. If she, I don't, I don't know. It's a true story. Um, that's interesting because I actually didn't think that she was. No, she was a decent. Actually, oh, I thought yeah. she was good. I liked her. I thought she had mm-hmm. a lot of presence. I just her physicality is so impressive. Oh God, she's like a little bowling ball. I, I feel like almost this film was an audition for a Marvel film. Like she wants, to, like yeah. she would make a great superhero. Impre- yeah, and I I liked her a lot in this actually, but even though she has a smaller role than Linda, so Bell has a smaller role. They. They give her a subplot, and her subplot is that she isn't in a hair salon. Yeah. And uh, like the So Linda does have a subplot in that she's lost her her shop. She's lost her business and she gets it back. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, wow. Jesus, poor Linda. But no, but I agree, poor Linda, because Belle works for a salon. She discovers that uh, Colin Farrell's. uh, Colin Farrell has set up this. um, Colin Farrell's father his father has set up this thing for minority women to help them set up businesses yeah. however those women have to pay a pay, uh, huge amount of money, I mean, a amount amount of of money basically money. A, yeah, it's a good and the salon owner is like whatever I wasn't able to do a business before and now I can so I'm just gonna but I have to give all my money to this person yeah yeah uh, and then Cynthia Arrivo Ends up giving... So she, she she ends up giving that salon money a shit ton of... Yeah, girls she, 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 she ton of pays money. off her debt, yeah. Yeah, and then she goes off in a nice SUV with her kids, and yay, go her. Uh, and I just feel... So even... She's not one of the widows, but, but she gets more of a plot, even though she's yeah, less screen time. Yeah. I just and she, they also have this whole thing where, like, she's, like... They tell us that she's very physical, she's a fantastic runner, and she's a fantastic... You see her boxing boxing and, and stuff. And that, yeah. So... I feel like they put more effort even though she's on screen less than because we get a whole thing with Linda trying to find out about where this building is but it never comes to anything so I just kind of feel they did her character a bit dirty I, no, I'm, maybe I was being unfair when I said that Michelle Rodriguez was it's, not, it's not fair to blame her, the actress on the what the character no it's not it's not, it's, just, no, it's not and I'm not blaming her I just feel that I didn't I, didn't, uh, I just felt she was a bit wet and I'm not sure if it's the character or the, or the actress. I haven't seen her in enough other things to know. Oh, I think she is a good actress. Okay, let's talk about Alice so. Oh, Alice. <laughs> oh, Alice, who the fuck is Alice? Alice is probably the person that you feel most sorry for at the start because you realize that her boyfriend uh who is the punisher uh is beating her. And you know, he's a real scumbag at the start. She's she's introduced with a black guy. He's such a dickhead. He's yeah. like poking it, poking it, and he's oh, also it's like all playful in that. Cover it up because it makes me feel bad. Yeah. It's like, "Fuck you." You should feel bad. Uh, did, have you? Are you familiar with her, that actress? Uh, I know she's in Guardians too. Yeah, do you know who she was no, in Guardians too? Mm. She was. D- she played the queen of this kind of golden alien oh, race. Yeah, 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 yeah. I think that actress is so beautiful and so interesting looking she's not beautiful in a real ordinary like megan fox beautiful way she's so peculiarly looking she's so tall she's very because i think she, she's meant to be polish but she is kind of eastern european looking i think she's eastern european well, features. yeah but how, you know, she does have quite unusual features as well but she's so tall she's got this beautiful long neck she's not like a rake like she's curvy but she's not like uh, uh, gwendolyn christie either she's not like quite she's just yeah. got this very unusual I think she's perfect but she's not. She's. I, I do think she's beautiful but I don't she's beautiful in an unusual way which I just find so interesting to look at on screen but she's so striking I mean I'm sure she was a model or I, she don't done modeling. A, I don't think she's beautiful in an unusual kind of way I think she's oh but she's like she's beautiful. like three heads taller than her lover in this well that's just And even. With, yeah I don't know I think she's quite unusual looking I think she looks like a younger and fucking Uma Thurman uh would I give you a point for that? No, I don't think so. I mean she looks just like with Thurman. She doesn't really. Ah no, but she does. Uh not really. Ah no, but she does. She, no, but she does. with Thurman has a much longer face. She has a much kind of squidgier face. She hasn't got a squidgy <laughs> face. <laughs> Uh, she was actually very good in that in she had a because she she does some things in this movie which you know she's she seems to be a good comedy actress oh she's so she's the comic relief in this Uh, but she's also very sympathetic but she's but she's strong and 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 serious and she's there to get the job done and she's a bit weak and you know she kind of strengthens herself up yeah Um, but in guardians as well i think she's I can't exactly remember but she's very funny. They have this gag in Guardians where they they have to roll out a carpet for her everywhere she goes and like they're on this like wasteland planet and then her little minions are rolling at a thing. She's very funny. She's also in the the film I was most familiar with her before this was um, The Great Gatsby. Uh, Basil Ehrman's The Great Gatsby. You didn't see that I don't think. I don't think you'd like it. And I it was okay but she was the most she was Daisy uh, Gatsby's Daisy Gatsby whatever she was the because the main character is best friend but she was as soon as, as, soon as i saw her i was so interested in her i think she has so much screen presence um, and in this film i think apart from viola davis i think she's the the other kind of standout character yeah. and actor in this film i would agree uh, her mother is a wagon yeah, all. I mean, she she has this. She, I actually think her character has the biggest arc of the whole film, even bigger yeah, than no, Veronica's, be, yeah. because she's surrounded by abusers. Her husband is an abuser. Her mother is a, a horrific abuser and tries to kind of pimp her out, and then is like when and blames is like remember who. Well, she was head, like oh well remember those that time you had boyfriends as a teenager that means you need yeah. to be a prostitute now can, i know you can do it now because you had boyfriends as a teenager yeah um her mother is great that actress uh she did you ever see her in anything before um you always ask me these questions you always like you always like have a little tidbit and you like ask me the question did you see her in anything do you know what she's in i'm just like no <laughs> I don't know you might have seen her you're good with actors I, I have seen her before in things I think she was, it wasn't Requiem for a Dream was it? not that I know of. I've only seen her in, in, her, in one thing before uh, Jackie Weaver is her name and she was in a film called Animal Kingdom okay no, it was an Australian gangster film oh that is familiar yeah it was kind of big around 2000 and or so but she played a very similar role she was the mother of the kind of the gangster mom who's very sweet and gentle but actually the psycho bitch. The fucking psycho behind it all yeah She no and she's a tiny role in this but she's good yeah she's actually only in one scene i think or two scenes maybe yeah yeah she is um why did, when she's where when so okay so yeah so she's gotten abused by her mother by her husband and then kind of by her new lover who's who again is all sweet and sweet and sweet but actually it's all about control it starts out very like she's very shook up and she's a bit like oh why am i doing this she she, her mother introduced her to this escort service and she says okay well i have this or i have go and rob two million dollars maybe get killed um five million dollars or five million and she decides to go and do the escort service she meets this guy he seems nice. He, he to does reassure. seem nice, he, and he's handsome, kind of. He's kind of handsome, and he says, "Well, you know, I was married, but now I'm not, and I'm a very busy life, and I just want to. I miss the companionship and that." So he, he makes it seem so reasonable. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and, and then, but then, as it as it as it progresses, he's obviously buying her nice things. You know, getting her nice hotels. Da 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 da. And then it starts being, "Oh, but I've you this." Why, why won't you come to Shanghai? Drop everything, come to Shanghai with me. I bought you lots of shit. Yeah, yeah, I and then you. it's becoming manipulative. Yeah, 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 yeah. No, he's a dickhead. I do like that she manipulated him to find out the the blueprint brands. That she like, was very clever. She's she was she's a lot clever. She said, oh, "I'll just leave this out here," and I know I know he's into it, so I know. So clever. She didn't even ask him. She just yeah. left it there. No, oh, that was really clever. This film has some lovely subtle things because it doesn't shout that out to you, like and even she never you never even see her telling veronica where the building is it just ha- it, it, it just has them driving outside it and you can trust the film trusts its audience that we're smart enough to figure out what happened by th- her first date with him as well she's just adorable yeah, yeah she's so, so adorable and she's smart. not affected Another actress would have played it very full of confidence in front of the in fr- um, when she's Kind of have it has it switched on, and then when the closed doors are, she's kind of broken. But she played it much more awkward and much more interesting. I think she's a star. gosh absolutely! I did think they the film was very good at misleading you that that guy she was dating was you know it, it, it was good at misleading you into thinking that he was a nice guy, and you know even very soon afterwards he's like I want to make this exclusive, so I'm not seeing anyone yeah, else. Yeah, and blah, yeah, blah, blah. yeah. But I, the, one of the one of the uh, scenes that I like the most is where his manipulation of her becomes very evident and she's like, hold on a second, nobody owns me. It's my life to fuck up if I want. It's my life to do whatever I want with. And then that's the last we see of him. And I think that's the last we see of him. Yeah, it's, it, the film, again, doesn't need her to have this big breakup scene with him. She kind of comes to that realisation herself and yeah I like it I think it I, I feel the the film does Linda Dirty I think it does Alice Proud yeah uh, the scene where she goes to buy a gun and impersonates uh, some Polish person who's been trafficked into oh, the country oh I thought country. she was meant to be a Russian bride oh sorry yeah yeah like a, a mail order bride yeah. or something and she's trying to get away from whoever yeah and uh, <laughs> she goes up to this one who's as butch as anything do you think she was initially trying to seduce her I thought she might have thought oh, that's a lesbian no no okay she, why, why her then because she was selling guns and she went up and I thought she was just buying guns and she was like if I give you the money will you buy it for me like when you when no, you're I think a teenager you, I think and you it get was someone like to buy a, a drink I it <laughs> it, no I think it was a market where people could go to buy guns I think she was selling guns oh no I think she was buying guns but uh, your woman didn't want the guns to be traced to her so she was like will you buy them for me so then the guns wouldn't be traced to her I don't think she says will you buy them for me I think she just because your one says the kids the kid says you always say a gun is a girl's best friend mommy oh. and then she just says well what are you what are you looking for the three clocks? <laughs> I need one of the room <laughs> <laughs> that's a lot of firepower she, she, she comes up with it so yeah. quickly yeah. Uh, I mean it doesn't matter yeah. Yeah. yeah yeah. so Ronnie so Ronnie Viola Davis my experience with Viola Davis before this was more of a her, her as a supporting actress I had seen her in Suicide Squad. Yeah, she was also in Doubt. And, and in Doubt. I think that was it. I think that's the only film. She has there. a TV show on Netflix, and we saw that where she's the lead in that. But we we watched and the she's first the lead in that because she's in yeah. okay it for the first episode and then goes out for. Well, ages. She won an Emmy for best acting, leading actress mm-hmm. for that. Um, but how I think to do a murder. Had right? to get away with murder. Yeah. So th- I I remember thinking, oh. you know, I wonder can Viola Davis? Now I know she she has a, uh, an Oscar nomination for The Help. I I've not seen The Help. Have you seen The Help? I've seen The help. You have? Yeah. And is she not the lead in that, no? I mean... Well, she was nominated for Best No, but, d- but you, you were like, she's not the obvious lead. Is, kind of, is it like the favourite where there's a oh, couple like, of... I, I can't remember. I mean, it's 2011. Jeez, I can't remember it. Um, I've not seen that. So this was... To me, this is my first experience as a leading role. And by God. Viola I Davis is of, somebody who you could give a lead actress... a lead role to and just be confident in that they're going to do a good job. I think she's... I'd say she's a very... Yeah, but like it's just going back to Colin Farrell. I kind of I think Colin Farrell's a great actor, but I don't know if he has what it takes to be a leading role. Viola Davis. I think everyone. I think it's in, in, everyone's in agreement. Viola Davis can act, but uh, she can also lead a film. She I commands definitely. so much respect when she's on screen. She because the character. Uh, do you feel so? She's always. She's always quite a... in well. I feel she's always very serious in her roles. Yeah, like she's. Yeah, I don't ever see her. Oh, yeah, she's, she's a very serious actor. Very serious. Actually, so much so that the last scene in this film when she smiles at Alice is almost a treat because yeah. you're like, oh, yeah, she she's just smiling, smile. she's happy. Even the scenes where she's with Liam Neeson because they are like a lot of the scenes with Liam Neeson. She's like in, in the first scene. She's being the, affectionate. She has a big grin on her face when she's snogging him at the start. I didn't, well, I didn't see that snog, that not big really passionate thing. Yeah, yeah. uh, but a lot of the other scenes then are around how their relationship broke down after the son's death and the son's death, you know, the funeral. And then it obviously goes into, well, let's we have to rob $5 million. So, yeah, not a lot of joy. <laughs> and in Doubt... <laughs> yeah. She plays the mother of a son who... Meryl Streep goes to and says I think your son is being abused by the priest and she says oh well you know if the father finds out she, he'll kill him yeah she's so, kind of victim blaming the yeah. character yeah and I, it, the I, help isn't a, a whole bunch of laughs either <laughs> no yeah maybe that's it and she won her Oscar for Fences which I haven't seen but I don't think I've seen that I, 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 I get the impression that ain't <laughs> that ain't that a budget maybe, yeah. maybe that she, I she's a very you're right a she's a very serious I actor Um mm. uh, i've watched a couple of interviews of her with of, with her the last few days to kind of get a sense of her and she just, she i find her very charismatic and i do find her yeah but maybe she maybe she just gravi- gravitates towards more the more she absolutely does seem to gravitate even gravitate towards some more serious roles even if you're listening, in, viola do a comedy well even in suicide squad which is a very light-hearted film she plays yeah, the most the serious role yeah. in but even then she she's like like slicing rare steak and like shoving an into her she plays a badass very well but she does something in this film that i i find really commendable because veronica what we see of veronica she's cold She is, we see all the other widows being kind of jokey, and she is like, we're not here to play, you know, stop joking around. Well, in fairness to her, she is the one who's been directly threatened. Yeah, no, no, I get all that, I get all that, but despite not seeing a whole lot of joy on screen, we don't really, the only person we see her have any sort of warm relationship with is the driver, and even then it's... You know, it's hardly like best buds uh, and her dog, I guess. But even still, Viola manages to make Veronica likable in every scene, despite the fact that she's quite a cold character. And I think that's really... I don't think she's cold, though. I think you're misreading that. Um, No? I I think she's stern, she's focused... She's well. I mean, yeah. She's just lost her husband and her child. She's, not, she's in bits. She's had a you know, rough. And months. and she's just. Her life has just been threatened. But you know, and she's tough with the other widows. Um, and she is trying to be a leader. Yeah. Um. No, don't get me wrong. I, I. It's not that I think the character is cold. I just mean. That they're not. It's not that I think she's cold. I just feel that the script isn't giving her any warmth. I feel like, but, uh, but she is. As an actor, I she's don't think d- that's true. No, but I think the reason you don't think it's true is because Viola Davis is such a good actor that she's able to convey warmth through all these very harsh directing directions that she's been given. Well, I don't, but I, I don't think, I don't think they. But there's plenty of scenes in it which allow her to be a human, you know. And then there's scenes in it where where she's having to lead a bunch of women. Into a very dangerous situation where they could all get killed. She's never done it before, <laughs> and she's being she's being yeah. a tough and a badass. But like the scene, she, you know, when she doesn't think she has enough money to keep the driver on, she's saying, "Oh, well, maybe yeah, we'll, no, you know, know I'll give right. me the car." She um, also is shown to be extremely loving to her dog, which isn't it? Yeah, you know, her dog is almost her only kind of close companion yeah, yeah 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 very loving scenes with Liam Neeson but I, f- I feel like you're you're. it's not that I'm saying the character's cold I'm, I'm just giving you said that just now no I'm saying that Viola Davis is able to demonstrate a warmth through her presence despite the fact that her character is accused multiple times of having like a stick of her ass and is in a very sticky situation and has also had a lot of awful things happen to her Viola Davis is able to bring a human quality to the but role. she's also like her job has been uh, the teachers' union and yeah, that's representing true. Representing teachers, yeah. I have to say the costume designer did her good. She is yeah. immaculate in this whole film, and they off they also give her her natural hair. The only time you see her wearing. Kind of styled hair. I don't know if it's a wig or if it's styled. Is is at the at the her son's funeral. For the rest of the film, she has her natural hair. And Violet. That is interesting, isn't it? Yeah, and is that meant to be? She kind of because at the son's funeral, is it meant to be like after that she just kind of mm. let it go? <laughs> well, I don't know because she they still styled her immaculately. It's not like she's gone all sloppy. I'm going to get my limb I'm going to say Veronica Rawlings is the best dressed character we've covered since Carrie Bradshaw okay I haven't really I given it that much talk the, she wears this beautiful like uh, white jacket with a black pants suit when she's yeah, she interning she wears this even when she goes to visit Liam Neeson's new lover she's wearing this beautiful red blouse yeah, she oh it's gorgeous it's interesting that, that yeah, she looks so well and that's the scene she figures out so does she figure out Liam's alive I I think so so why doesn't she do anything about it um I don't know like it would have been very easy for her just to open that door yeah but she would have lost the debt on her head he might have killed her killed her I don't know maybe she didn't believe it maybe she didn't want to believe it you know, maybe, yeah, she, maybe think, she was that deep in now and she only had a couple of days. She had to I think, think that him. probably is it that she was in so deep. She was like, Look, I'm focused. I, can't, I cannot deal with any distractions. Because the reason she went there, essentially, she went to ask her to be the driver, right? And then she just said, No. Because that was just after yeah. the driver died. So she was like, I freaking need another driver. Oh, I'm going to ask the other widow. Because even though she never turned up, she would still, in theory, have inherited her husband's debt. Even though I know they went to Veronica. Veronica was saying, You've all inherited the debts. Yeah, Veronica inherited the debt. But by proxy said, If you don't help me, essentially, which is not a very pleasant thing on her to do. She said, If you don't help me, I'm gonna give them all your names. And they're well, all gonna be in danger. No, it wasn't. Because they're nice gonna thing. kill me and then they're gonna go to you and say you know the debt. Well, to be fair to Veronica, <laughs> she needed to play dirty. And you could see that didn't come natural to her because she also, when she's blackmailing... So, so one of the things that Harry gives her is a notepad and there's photographs of a guy having sex with a woman. And I, I thought that was Robert Duvall. So <laughs> I was like, oh, that poor actress. <laughs> but it turns out it was just some random person Security. who was yeah. A, yeah, who gave it the codes. and Who was having sex with his niece. His niece. I'd, in my head, I'm thinking it was his wife's niece. Just, okay. just yeah anyway just to remove that i mean not that it's that much less icky but it's just a smidge less icky but <coughs> smidge less, less smidge icky, less icky. <laughs> uh but yeah, harry would have been fine he would have been like oh i need the codes here you go that she found that tough veronica found that really tough to blackmail that guy yeah she did a very good job it worked, but like you can tell, the character that didn't enjoy she it, she felt like a shithead doing yeah. that. Yeah, Veronica's great, and Violet, fantastic. Can I can I talk it's about a little bit yeah. interesting though? Because Harry leaves the book; he leaves her a a key, um, and so he's gone off, made a baby with this new person, and he has stolen a bunch of money and wants to get out of the life. Meanwhile, having killed his entire crew, not great, but he leaves her a key and says, go here. She opens it and gets this book. Hmm. She's like, oh, what the fuck do I do with this? So she brings it to the guy in the wheelchair who Daniel Kalua was stabbing in the legs. Mm-hmm. And he says, sell it to them. Give it to them. Say, here you go. This is all the notes and this is all the heists and this is all the floor plans and all whatever. And you get loads of money and use that as your debt. And then she doesn't. And then she decides to actually pull off this heist by herself to get the money. Why? Khan? Yeah? Do you know what you've stolen from me? A key plot error point thing <laughs> right right now is when we would play Paul's thesis statement, statement. <laughs> yeah Gene <laughs> <laughs> you gotta re-record <laughs> it it's Honor's <laughs> thesis statement year. but this is this is complicated because the whole point of this is that you're meant to be the film's devil's advocate well, then you'd be the villain's devil. No, it? because I agree I with you. i brought it up. It's mine. No, I agree with you. Why? It's mine. Why did? Ha- it doesn't make any sense. Why did Harry give her the the key? It doesn't make any sense. Gave her the key to get the book. Why? Because he knew that the that she would inherit the debt. <laughs> He's being the villain's advocate. <laughs> no, if, uh, the reason he gave her the book is clear. Why? Because she he knew that she would inherit the debt, and he gave her the book. With all the, you know, essentially saying, you know, here's all the heist stuff. You go and rob all this money. He didn't want her to rob it. He said at the start, he should have sold oh, it to Jamal. Yes, that's why he gave her the book. So he knew that he, she would inherit the debt to Jamal and she would be able to go, here's the book. Can we clear my debt, please? You think that book is worth two million? It was worth five million. It was worth five million if you can pull off the heist. She did it with three three or four people who had never done anything like that before. Do you think if she had provided this book to Jamal, he would have said, oh yeah, okay, you're clear for two million grand. No, he would have said, great, I'm going to steal that five million. Now, where's me two million? Tell you what, this book a thousand euro a thousand dollars so you owe me two million less a thousand you ha- <laughs> are you having a laugh i do, do you know. think he would have forgiven well, this was this was his plan so i assume the characters in the movie know these other characters better than we do that was liam neeson's plan and that's why he said to her i think it was a shite plan yeah. he liam neeson was a shithead yeah, he was a shit And he also pulled a gun on her at the end after he, all the lobby dovey uh, stuff. He was about to pull the whole... He was uh, two seconds away from pulling the trigger. Yeah. yeah. Well, I don't know about that. Absolutely. I thought at the end when he when he turns around with the gun, she had faked him out with bags that didn't have the cash. Oh, that would have been good. And then he turned around with the gun and then she shot him. I think that's what happened. Because he opens the bag and then he's like, oh, geez, oh, she's faked me out and pulls out the gun maybe but i still think he was gonna shoot her but my my point being he (sighs) okay their son died she was very upset he was like get over it she was like no i'm upset so he's like right i'm gonna fake my own death kill all my friends run off with my new lover and my new baby and here's a book try and sell it to some gangsters well in that world i assume that book was very valuable it gave the ability for but three wait, wait hold on it gave the ability for four unskilled in the art of thievery women the ability to go and pull off this big black the security people blah 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 five million in the bag easy job there you go so it was giving her a bargaining chip He didn't expect her to go, "Mm, Okay, I'll do that. And get the five million and give them two and keep three. He didn't expect her to do that. I don't buy it. Although he still left her her broke. I don't buy it. I I, I feel like it's just like the film needed her to do this heist. So uh, I don't buy it. No, but I don't see why she didn't try and sell them the book. Because there's no way, because she was smart enough to know that these gangsters weren't going to accept a book in lieu of two million. No, 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 that's not what it was. You're a gangster. You're owed two million. Someone says, well, here's the plans. That's not her money. That's someone else's five million. No, she would say, I don't have two million dollars. He still would have made her sell everything she owned i think the point is that she would have said i don't have two million dollars but i have something that's worth five million dollars and this is what it is <laughs> yeah but he still would have said because daniel kalua wanted the book remember he was actively seeking this book yeah i get that but he there's no way that they would have honored the okay yeah that's your debt grand best of luck well, I mean, do you don't know that, and I don't I, know that. I, I, well, and I, I think Liam Neeson knew these people better than you did. Oh, that's flat uh, armour. Anyway, that's my... Thesis statement, that was my thesis statement. Well, I was the one I ended up arguing more for. What was your one? Well, I was just saying, well, why didn't she actually sell the book? Like, why did she... But I suppose the reason she did is because... She wanted the other three million. Well, oh, there you go. Can I talk about my issue? Because I feel the format of our podcast has become kind of going through character and, and and talking about performances. And you, every performance in this film is incredible. I, I actually think Reveal Davis should have got an Oscar nomination, and I think uh, Elizabeth. and let me just look at the the rivals that year so this is 2018 so 2019 the the rivals would have been for so the ones that viola the ones who beat Viola and viola davis was nominated for a BAFTA for this yes so the ones interesting yeah very interesting funny when that happens isn't it? when you're nominated for a BAFTA rather than oscar they're kind of saying well in britain we thought you were great but in the same not well there you change. go i mean it's all subjective why oh here we are okay so the people who beat viola to the nomination olivia coleman i d- Cross for her fantastic yalitza aparicio from roma Frickin' hell viola yeah. deserved it more than yalitza her first film I didn't really like that movie. But uh, the, the, the uh, performance was good. That's I thought it was all right. It mean, was no movie? viola. No, it wasn't no viola. viola. Glenn Close and the Wife, we've not seen that film. Uh, Lady Gaga, a Star is Born. Fuck off. No, I'll give her that. The next. Uh, Melissa McCarthy, can you ever forgive me? Sorry, Melissa, you're grand. Move over for Fi- Viola. Like, come on. No, actually, I would keep Melissa and I would get rid of the Elisa, actually, if, to be honest. But either the Elisa or Melissa could have stepped out of the way. You haven't actually seen that uh, Melissa McCarthy movie, did we? We did. Yeah, that, you've forgotten it because it's that memorable. She plays um, a writer, writer who, yeah, who forges letters. Yeah yeah, yeah. yeah, we did see it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah we did. we saw it during that oh do you know right. who else oh uh, yeah 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 we, that year they should have got rid of Elitza got rid of Melissa and got in Viola and Tony Collette for Hereditary crazy those two performances yeah you should love have Hereditary that, yeah you about that. best supporting actress these are the people who beat Elizabeth best supporting actress Regina King for I've never seen, she won it for Beale Street Could Talk I haven't seen that Amy Adams in Vice never no said. Marina De Tara Via in Roma. That was the mother in Roma. No. Emma Stone in the favourite. Yeah, she was great. And Rachel Wise in the favourite. Okay, I'd leave those. Why do they all like Roma so much? I mean, it was a good film. It was all right. It was boring. But Elizabeth should have been there before Marina or Amy. Uh, And then I also think Daniel Kalua for Best Supporting Actor. Uh, Marcia Ali won that year for Green Book. Yeah, Yeah, fair fair enough. enough. Adam Driver and Black Klansman. Mm, I would Did we see that? Yeah, we did. Spike Lee. The, the Jewish guy well, the, the black guy who kind of forms a relationship over the phone with the KKK oh, it was yeah, good, yeah, it was yeah. good. Uh, Sam Elliott a star is born fuck off Sam Elliott I do like you but uh, <coughs> Sam Rockwell and Vice can't even remember him in it did you see Vice? He, yeah we saw it in Bird and Gems it's not great George, he plays George W. Bush and Richard E. And can oh, you forgive me? Yeah. oh, fi- oh yeah, yeah, yeah anyway Daniel Kaluuya should have been there as well so anyway th- Richard Bale's not he? advice yeah, yeah he is the He's, main character yeah. anyway I got totally slept on for the Oscars that year but can I tell you about my problems with this film no the podcast ends here alright my problems with this film because right, okay well, well I'll wrap up there's not that much to I feel like there's, um, there's so much in this film that doesn't need to be here and then there's other scenes I wish there was more of there is this whole sermon with the preacher in the church. I don't It goes on for like two or three minutes. It's not important. In fact. No, I thought that was. Why? Because um, I thought that was a good scene. Um, it, it's a good it, scene, but I don't feel it serves the film. It demonstrates the, a couple of things, I think. it demonst- there's, a, there's a whole racial divide going on between Colin Farrell and his supporters and the black community. Um, I think it shows the, the power of that reverend to swing the votes, mm-hmm. you know, and I think it shows that corruption is not just among the, the gangsters yeah, and okay. the politicians. Okay, well maybe my problem goes deeper, because the first act of this film puts so much weight on the rivalry between Jamal and the Mulligans. And then it, it, that, that that rivalry it doesn't come to anything because it doesn't matter. Because it's nothing to do with the widows or their heist. And in fact when we find out that in the end Colin Farrell's character won, it's just via a radio. There's so much weight put towards that rivalry in the first act that isn't paid off. With all the kind of the dick measuring between the two of them at the front and there's all this of, nothing that's nothing to do with the widow's heist. No, but the widows are caught in the middle of their dick fighting, and you know Jamal puts this debt on Viola. Mulligan is where the money is. Mulligan has also worked with Liam Neeson to get the two million from Manning. Yeah, but but that but the, the, you could have reduced all those scenes, and you wouldn't have lost you wouldn't have lost any of those elements. I think what this film really lacks is more teamwork between the widows because the only real teamwork we see is and i think it's great is the seat where they where they practice with the money and, and the, the worst case uh, and best case scenario and i think that's so clever because that's the th- you wouldn't think of that and that's kind of it and they never we never actually find out we have um, bell scoping out the cameras find out where they are and we have yeah. uh, veronica going in and, and finding out that there's one security guard but there's very little scope of the actual the the abc of the actual heist you know we don't exactly know we're never kind of told right this is what's going to happen we're going to go here we're going to go there we're going to go blah, blah 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 that never happens and then when they do the heist it's all very dare i say easy they come across robert deval's nurse and they're just like, you go to She's bed, you go to bed, love, you go to bed, love. It's a bit silly. It now, is ridiculous. Now, and I feel like they should have paid for that mistake by having the police being called on them or something. Then Robert Deval, I do think the scene where they where they type the code in and it's upside down that's very tense. Yeah, very good. But then Robert about I think, and they get uh, and then your woman gets shot. That and that's a tense scene. But again, I just feel that it just needs more. I just need more barriers for the widows I, I, I love the, the shock on Robert Duvall's face when he realises it's Viola days yeah it is great because it, it it because he's so old school and you know drops the end bomb it's a woman and it's a and woman a, and it's a black woman yeah. OMG so. I think I think what the I think you're right in so far as there, there could have been more of that and more between the, the ladies and, but I suppose like you were saying these tropes and all that that montage this is the plan this is what we're gonna do is all very cliche I suppose they had nice elements of that which weren't as cliche as like okay well this is best case worst case scenario but it was much more focused on um, it was more character driven the drama and the character driven yeah and also had a message I suppose of uh, minority and women and minority women yeah yeah, absolutely. And th- yeah, those things were f- really fantastic. And I and, and I just th- I just thought I felt the car- the film could have reduced the time that was was spent on the Jamal Mulligan thing, particularly in the beginning, because it's not I don't I don't feel there's much payoff for all that stuff. And just increased a bit more teamwork with the girls beforehand that we then saw paid off in the heist. Because uh, that's the, the the, and I also feel that when uh, we've mentioned this before, but Daniel Kaluuya robs them and then they just meow, beep. Oh no, I'm crashed. I thought that was really clever. What you know, you already said earlier run It was anticlimactic. No, no, the the actual death scene of him was anticlimactic. But like in a lot of these movies, where you know it's. Uh, oh, you thought him stealing them when he was clever? No, no, no I thought. I'm sorry. I could see that twist coming a mile off where he was in the car and he holds the gun up to their head and then he takes the money and in most films I think what would happen is there would be a cut scene and you know okay he's taking our money now we have to work out how we get it back but they were like no let's just jump in a car and just crash the fuck out of him and, <laughs> and you know get our money back which they do and it works yeah Okay, I, I I just feel I would have liked other parts. I think there was an arrogance about him as well because obviously he's a psychopath, and he was just like I'm home and dry, I'm free. Yeah, he, you know, he totally underestimated. Yeah, totally yeah. underestimated. Yeah, okay. I, I I really love this film. I just I just feel those are if I'm being if I have my when I watched this film the first time I came out being like that film was amazing just watching it. Now, with, with my critical eye, there were some things. Uh, just Steve McQueen. Good ah. film for Steve McQueen. Hasn't made a lot of them. Only four. Yeah. Do you, but uh, it may, he's made some good... Have you seen the other three? Uh, what was it? 12 Years a Slave. 12 Years a Slave. Shame. And Hunger. Shame. Very Irish-centred film, Hunger. Also the first one of his movies without Michael Fassbender. Yeah. Mm. Have, you, have you seen any of those films? I've seen 12 Years a Slave. I've not seen that. Is it good? Yeah, yeah it's very good. This is the biggest film. The only, I've seen Shame, which is about uh, sex addiction. It's it I've seen bits of that, but I haven't yeah, seen it. It's, um, I, think, I think when I heard you see Michael Fassbender's Big Willy in it, I said, "Oh, I'll look that up." It, um, <laughs> yes, you do. It had its own Twitter account. <laughs> <laughs> one, of <the> <laughs> <laughs> one of the weird things uh, about <laughs> I love that weird... <gasps> so Steve McQueen, Michael Fassbender's penis. <laughs> <laughs> one of the weir- like okay is this is a bit like talking about racism towards white people, but. There's, oh, very few, penis. there's very few times when you can talk about sexism directed at men, okay? But for years after Shane came out, every time Michael Fassbender was interviewed, people were like, so you've got a huge penis? <laughs> can, you, can you just imagine someone saying to Scarlett Johansson, so your, your flaps tits, are huge. <laughs> your tits are enormous. So I hear you're very wide kind of like, I kind of feel it would get very tiresome after a while, yes. but, uh, but for... You know, <laughs> I think also I think for a man saying, "Well, you've got a massive penis." Obviously no, but I, I don't know because like I, I I think if you were being asked for it, you're yeah. just like, oh yeah, "Oh yeah, yeah." And also like it's embarrassing and like I uh, also so his performance in that film was actually pretty fantastic, incredible. Uh, I uh, and he Michael Fassbender hasn't been in that many leading roles really. Um, Maybe he was a shower not a grower. Perhaps, Um but anyway, uh, <laughs> Steve McQueen. <laughs> <laughs> Um, I think that'll go in the description. We have a segue onto Michael Fassbender's piece. Yeah, Steve McQueen, before he became like a like a um, a big motion picture filmmaker, he was he was into kind of art. He was even uh, kind of like do you know. I think do you know when like you go music? to a museum and you like project like kind of it's like a type of art when you yeah. project film onto walls and stuff. <laughs> What's that called? Holographics or something? No, it's just like. Do you know, you could go into like a museum and there's a picture of a woman's face just going, and I am me, me, I am you, you do that, and it just goes on in a loop. Oh, nonsense. <laughs> Do you know that type of shit? Nonsense, yeah. There's a name for it. Nonsense. No, it's not nonsense. Shite art. Anyway, that's what, that's what he used to do. And he did short films as well. And then he did... Thank um, God he got into making good movies. But he's a, great, he's a really good director. Uh, not to be confused with Steve McQueen from The Great Escape. Or Steve McQueen the Sheryl Crow song. Maybe that's what I'm thinking of. Like Steve McQueen... All I need's a fast machine, and I'm gonna I'm make okay. uh, There's some parts of Widows that are just such slick direction, like this scene where Colin Farrell and his um, campaign manager in the car. get into the car. Yeah. You don't see them, and then they—I don't know how they made that scene. Whether the dialogue was written after the drive to to fit in perfectly time-wise, because it goes they just timed it well there was a camera There's a camera on the car and their microphones were in the car no no, no but, but what I mean is it shows them going from like the quote unquote the projects, the projects to the quote unquote uh, nice part of town the kind of the elite part of town which isn't very far away no but obviously that's that was on location so they obviously they, they found two places and then they It's they one scene it's all one scene all one scene and they they to be fair the dialogue is kind of whatever it, it doesn't really matter it's just filler because that scene is saying is saying a whole lot more than its dialogue oh it's so good yeah, it's a very good scene it is as you said it's very character focused and i feel like even though as you said some of the some of them some of the storylines kind of fizzled out to a certain degree you still care about the characters and you still you still you don't i didn't feel at the end i was left empty or left you know wanting closure on any of the characters no no i agree i i'm critical for the sake of being critical because my enjoyment factor of this film is great i really i really enjoy it and i think steve mcqueen hi magic Magic. hi madge you all right you're looking to go out for a a pp do you want to go to the toilet Hang on. Doesn't want to go to the toilets. Um, just wants attention. My my. There, I feel like my problems with the script are, are don't take away from my enjoyment, and I I, I find this just an Im- immensely enjoyable film, enjoyable. full of and and I and I appreciate the fact that even the bad guys, such as Colin Farrell's character, such as Jamal, such as even Ian Neeson, they all have really warm elements. That nobody is totally. I think maybe, I guess you could say Daniel Clue's character is pure evil, but everyone else has lovely, warm character Jade. moments. Yeah. So I have, I think this is a great start to Heist season. Well done for this, for your one in a, a long time uh, selection. Yeah. We, and we where are we going to put it on the list? Um, can you. V- I, I'm going to let you shoot and then I'll maybe tell you where, how I feel about it because I don't know if I have a comfortable position definitely think definitely top half maybe even top third maybe even top quarter I think i to see Halloween I'm like is it better than Halloween and then I see Muriel's Wedding is above that and I'm like well it is better than Muriel's Wedding yeah I'm still with you um so now I want to move Halloween up. <laughs> Uh, but I guess I can't. So I'm going to say four. After Fiddler and Before, Something Like It Hot. Possibly four or five. I think it's five. I don't think it's better than Something Like It Hot. Okay, I'll go with five. I'm, I'm, I I'm I. feel that's fair. Yeah, yeah. I don't have... Yeah, I know five is a nice... One thing to mention at the end of this movie that we didn't mention is that lovely song by Sade. Gorgeous song. I actually yeah. think we, didn't talk, we didn't talk about the music at all. The all. There was also a beautiful moment where um, Nina Simone just comes in when I think Liam Neeson is kind of behind Viola Davis and then Nina Simone comes in. It's beautiful. At the end? No. No, it's in the first. Oh, when they're in the shower or something? No, I think she's, she's looking out at the view from her apartment. She's looking out at the, at the scene, at the city, right. and it comes out. It's beautiful. And, yes, yeah, the, the music for this one was great. It, this is a really good film. Yeah, it's a very good film. It's a really good film. And I think that's why it goes at number five. That's why it goes at number five. Great. Super. What's your next pick? My next pick is A Fish Called Wanda. A Fish Called Wanda. That was one of my... Um, that's the 80s one. Yeah. yeah. We said at the start, because I thought Paul might go for it, and I said... He said he had three in in mind, so I said, Well, what decades? He said 80s. I said, I don't really think we have the same one. Pick that then. Okay, I'm going to pick this the. Do you know the way like, Halloween is like the ultimate slasher? Yeah. I'm going to pick what I think is the ultimate heist, which is Ocean's Eleven. Okay, basic, but uh, fair enough. No, but I kind of think we're doing heists, <laughs> that's an important uh, one to do. So, that's one, that is one that we can talk about a franchise as well, which is good. Bit... Yeah. Yeah. Uh Okay, so do you want to pick Heads or Tails? I'll pick Heads. Heads, we'll pick Oceans heads. 11, Tails, Fish called Wonder. Fish wonder. <laughs> Heads, I think, is it? <laughs> I've forgotten what was Heads. Yeah, heads was yours. So, Oceans 11. It's Heads. Oceans, so, 11. oceans 11. Okay, so we've got homework to do that. <laughs> I've only... I've, I've seen, seen them all, but I can't remember any well, of them. Well, I haven't seen the newest one, The Ocean's 8. No. Maybe we'll work, do a scream. We'll work backwards. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Although the last time we did that, it kind of confused me. But, yeah. Okay. Awesome. Okay. Well, Con, do you want to read out our social media? So, as always, you can find us on our website, wwwsilver Com. You can email no. us, at gmail.com You can find us on facebook and instagram silver screamers podcast on twitter at silver screamers and you can find us on itunes spotify soundcloud and the uh, podcast app on your apple iphone rate us review us comment on us love us yeah honestly seriously leave us a review yeah. <laughs> we've quite a few followers on twitter now by the way oh good honey um <laughs> no we've more than 10 15 and um, no we have about 50 oh okay they're following us on twitter and they're not listening to our podcast well it's uh, i think they're all other (laughs) come on people (laughs) to be fair i think they're all other podcasts (laughs) 51 Woo-hoo! i mean jesus christ i should just join twitter and follow us just so just so know. we have everything <laughs> to do uh yeah we have do um so if anyone out there uh is, is anybody wants to find any of those uh, other twitter accounts <laughs> thanks so what happens i just listened i listened to I, I followed a whole lot of other podcast accounts and they followed us back I went, one, I went one step further on facebook i started following like. Brad Pitt and George Clooney and stuff. I aimed high. There you go. Ellen DeGeneres. They well, don't follow us. Well, maybe we'll tag Brad Pitt and George Clooney because we're yes. going to cover their film next. Ocean's Eleven. Ocean's blah, blah, blah. And we promise we will be fair. <laughs> if not complimentary, Expect fair. Expect lots of compliments because yeah. uh, Brad Pitt in that film. <whistles> I always remember him in Fight Club. I thought he was perfect in Fight Club. He's a... Buying, looking human. One I spent ages looking for Brad Pitt's shirt in that film. And <laughs> sh- I went. I remember got, when I was about it twenty, oceans. maybe younger. When I was about eighteen, around. I just really wanted his shirt, and I was like, uh, uh, Brad Pitt. You're not buying Brad Pitt's shirt. They spent twenty thousand dollars on that or shirt. that actual shirt, just a shirt that looked like that, and I couldn't find it. Anyway, listen. That's all for Can next week. <laughs> <laughs> listen, this right, has been Paul cheers. and Connor. Thanks and for listening. Bye. bye, bye. 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 Thank mm-hmm. you. Steve McQueen, all I need is a fast machine and I'm going to make it.